The Alaska Mountain Wilderness Ski Classic is a roughly 175-mile um, human-powered, unsupported race across the major Alaska, Alaska mountain range. You may have heard of it. Um, in the March of 2013, it was going from McCarthy, where I worked as a guide, uh, to the Tote Cutoff Road north of Nabezna. I signed up for the race about two weeks before the starting date, having just bought my first pair of cross-country skis <laughs> uh, and a pair of boots from the REI basement. I'd skied maybe 50 miles total in my life before. Uh, I had asked my friends Luke Mel and Evan Sargent if I could join their team, and they wisely declined to <laughs> add a newbie to their four-man veteran dream team. Uh, so I signed up to do it solo and thought I'd take a non-glaciated route. Uh, on the ride down to McCarthy, I got to know Rob Kerr and Greg Mills, the self-proclaimed team heavy. They, uh, <laughs> they had a laid-back attitude that really calmed my nerves before the race. Uh, as we were sitting around drinking beer and packing up that night, I thought about joining them. They were going to be on the same course, same route as I was. Then I saw the sheer amount of shit that they were taking <laughs> with them, like 60, 70 pound packs, and Rob was gonna pull a sled. I thought, I don't have enough food to hang with these guys. <laughs> so um, a lot of things happen to a man alone in the wilderness for five and a half days, most of which are not expressible through language, but I'll give this a shot. About uh, midway through a 72-hour push of skiing with five hours of sleep, I woke up in a state of complete bewilderment. Uh, as I sort of sat up, every muscle in my body groaned in agony. I looked around. There was the remnants of a little spruce fire at my feet. My foam pad was a little bit melted, as in my sleeping bag. And the sun was shining. And then I remembered my toes. I pull them out of the bag. It's a grotesque mess of swollen colors and hanging toenails. Um, I had been skiing through the night the night before, and the temperature had dropped from it had been in the 30s, 30 above, to about 20, 25 below. At about 3 in the morning, and I had been stuck on this wide, smooth expanse of the Shoshana River, trying to make my way across. And uh, I was, as I was skiing, I felt my boots start to freeze solid. They were wet, not that great of boots. Um, and so uh, I'm on this overflow, so I'm just double pulling along. And finally, I, get, I start to see the trees looming. And I think, oh no, here comes another bushwhack on skis. And <laughs> Luckily, just as I'm about to get to the trees, I see a scratch on the ice. It's the snow machine pack that comes once a week to deliver mail. So I found the trail, and the snow and the trees meant little movement and a, and a fire at dawn to test my feet, which were just hard, waxen, lifeless things. On my left foot, the chemical warmer I had had failed. My overboots had been shredded on rocks. And... So I made a little fire, got them assessed. Uh, after waking up, I just took out my Leatherman and cut off through the remaining skin, holding my toenails on, and put on a new pair of socks. Got them in there, decided to keep skiing. 
um, Dave Kramer, the race director, had warned me about the Cooper Creek Canyon overflow. He said, it could be bad. You might want to take micro spikes. But in a headstrong, I have no idea what I'm doing sort of way, I dis <laughs> disregarded that advice. Didn't have any micro spikes. So uh, after descending into the Cooper Creek drainage, I found myself in a steep walled canyon with just wall to wall overflow. Perfectly smooth, lots of drops, a couple miles of it. Um, <laughs> so I know I can't ski this, so I decided to take my skis off, which was a little more involved than you might imagine because my cheek bindings have been freezing solid. Um, but I get them off and I take one step, hard fall, two steps, hard fall. I decide to sit down or rather stay down after falling <laughs> and um, try to think, what am I going to do here? Um, but I had been, luckily, I had been on the way up Notch Creek. I had seen this shining object in the trail. And I picked it up and put it in my pocket. It was a snow machine bolt. And maybe it was trying to make the wilderness better than I found it. Maybe it was Hans and Klaus, the German accented voices that had started commenting on everything in my head <laughs> at this point of exhaustion. Um, yeah, the landscape is beautiful, yeah? <laughs> Nein, we must keep moving. <laughs> so maybe they told me to pick it up, but I had this snow machine bolt. So I lashed it to my left toe with some bailing wire and wrapped my foam pad around my right arm. And I had just enough traction to get going, fall hard right. And this is Superman down these waterfall-like things. And I did this eight or nine times, just hooting and hollering, having a great, great time. Uh, you really should have heard Hans and Klaus. But anyway, I ended up finishing the race in five days and 10 hours. And the whole time I was out there, I knew that Team Heavy, Rob and Greg were behind me and that they had a, a sat phone, something else I'd neglected to bring. Um, the, uh, the Classic community, and Team Heavy in particular, lost a very valuable member this summer when Rob Kerr died while doing the Summer Classic on the Tanner River, trying to pack raft his way to McCarthy. Um, Rob ended up skiing in the race I was in, 100 miles tied to his ski. I don't know what. Um, and running out of food for days in a storm. But Rob knew the risks, and he definitely knew the rewards of wilderness travel. Um, it's sort of this special wholeness that comes when you're completely self-destroyed. Um, and so anyway, I just wish Rob were here to tell us one of his stories. I'm sure it would have been a good one.